0: Hello and welcome to another another Fine Mez. I'm Tom Lemon, your host for today and joined by Victoria Teela, our European CLO reporter. Hi Victoria.
1: Hi Tom, nice to be back.
0: Unfortunately though, George could not be here today. Our sources tell us he's at a hospital in Edinburgh at this very moment of recording, waiting for securitisationer to arrive. Oh, and I should also say there needs to be a bit of a correction. Christina, who's in the global capital marketing team, was very offended when I suggested that one of the journalists came up with the with that name a few episodes ago, and she insists that the genius creation was in fact hers. So apologies, Christina. We
1: take, we take our journalistic integrity extremely seriously.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but in in the markets, uh, in Europe, there, there were no public deals to speak of in securitization or CLO world, but we still have plenty to discuss. Meanwhile, it seems that our popularity is building. We had our first public comment of support on LinkedIn from Michelle at Investec. Uh, does this mean, Victoria, that she gets, like, number one fan status? Um, like-
1: I, th- I think she might, but, but I have to say I also got our first, our first complaint. Um- We're we're causing disruption to people listening pep turns. Um, I was having coffee with a banker earlier this week um, and he said he subscribed to our podcast and now it's ruining his favorite Formula One podcast um, because every time he tries to listen to it, the app will always queue our episodes next. (laughs) So we're we're destroying people's (laughs) weekends.
0: Yeah. And, and, if you, <laughs> <thing>. <laughs> and if you really want to be number one fan, George has told me that he plans to use the podcast for the next few weeks um to start sending his newborn to sleep when he's all right. got now, no it's, now
1: it's getting ridiculous. Um, it's getting ridiculous. Yeah. Can we can we just talk about secret? <laughs> <all laughs> yes.
0: <done>? Okay, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> um
1: Okay, let's let's start with your story actually. Um because you wrote a US story um about CLOs that is probably interesting for our European listeners as well, so don't switch up now. Um because it's talking about captive equity funds, and they were basically the main reason that many deals got done recently at all. So so what's happening there?
0: Yeah, they, I mean, they have been. So captive equity is, is basically when the CLO manager's company or fund also has a separate fund that, that takes control of the whole of the equity in a CLO. Um, and that means that the CLO manager has total control essentially about how they want to run it um and and the people who invest into those captive funds known as limited partners or lps they're often like pension funds or insurance funds um they're getting a bit fed up with the returns in in this equity they're, they're not particularly happy um and as a result they they they're sort of now going to to these very specialized dedicated third party equity CLO funds, and um, and and they believe that they're winning the argument, and that captive funds are sort of slowly losing losing a bit of their a bit of their shine. So shall we, shall we say?
1: Right. I think that's really interesting because um, I feel like right now it's just accepted generally that captive equity funds is just like what's keeping the market alive right now, and there hasn't really been talk about the sort of more controversial elements of it. So. Um, can we maybe just like drill a little bit deeper into whose interests are in conflict here
0: yeah so so the reason they've been able to keep the market going um these sort of bigger generally bigger clo managers um i remember someone calling them in europe a few a few months back uh, programmatic issuers is that they they can almost print irrespective of market conditions because they they don't have to worry too much about the equity investor because they are the equity investor you know or their company is and so if the arb isn't working like it hasn't done for quite some time now (laughs) so triple a's get wider and and you just squeeze the equity and you go oh sorry guys i know it was 15 percent last year but it's going to be eight this year tough nothing you can do. <laughs> and the CLO AAA investors, which make up the bulk of the of the CLO and are almost always, you know, a, th- a third party investor, if you like, they, they take the wider spreads, which is why we saw, you know, spreads blow out above 200 basis points on the AAAs and, and they still haven't really come down. So the conflict of interest that's happening is that what's good for a CLO manager is not necessarily what's good for the the end investor the LPs in the equity um, they are they lose out so they're getting squeezed they're not getting exactly what they want um, and no one's really fighting their corner because the fund you've put money into is also the CLO manager who's sort of not really that concerned about you um, and then on top of that the real thing for the for the CLO manager and his firm and his boss if you like is to say well I'm creating a big fat management fee stream for you forget the equity no one cares we're, we're not we're, I'm not worried about that as a CLO manager my job as a CLO manager is to make sure there's a consistent fee stream I'm printing four deals five deals six deals a year and everyone's happy on that side of course the people who aren't happy are are the LPs in the captive fund and and yeah They're sort of, it sounds like they're beginning to to move with, vote with their feet.
1: Yeah, but like about about that, um, I thought there was one really, really interesting line or quote in your article um, regarding that sort of their ability to vote with their feet, because somebody you spoke to tied this in with um, sort of the private equity, private credit boom. Um, And that sounded like there was like quite juicy potential for... um,
0: interesting developments in there. Yes, yeah, so I uh, I mean I would love to find out more about this actually and <laughs> if anyone does know anything else um that would be great. Uh if you got in touch with me. Off record no problem, anonymous no problem. Um but basically he said that he's hearing stories of these LPs being told by their by their CLO firm that they that they invest in or the captive fund that they invest in. Um that if they want access to the big private credit fund that they've got, and if they want access to the big private equity fund that they've got, well they've got to put a little bit of cash away in the captive fund as well. And I mean, that certainly sounds like strong arming. I don't know if it's illegal. That sounds
1: illegal.
0: It probably <laughs> is. Um, I you know, d I, I don't know for sure, but it's yeah, certainly so any lawyers Yeah. Any <laughs> lawyers that. know if that's illegal, that would be nice, just just to confirm. Someone can just like comment when we post it on LinkedIn, just say, yes, it's illegal, idiot. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Of course, it's illegal, Tom. Um, (laughs) But yeah, so there's quite a lot to get stuck into. And I really hope that over the next few months, really, that this isn't the end of it. um, And we can sort of continue to focus on on this story. Um, So, yeah should be yeah it's interesting. Yeah, interesting give it a read and Anybody, also yeah. also for the first time in my over two years of being a global <laughs> tech capital it has made the top of the weekly global Woo! capital newsletter so i am overjoyed at, at that <laughs> uh, <laughs> congratulations <laughs> well maybe it's, it's just like a... <laughs> <to>? <laughs> maybe it's just a sign that For after two years that really I'm not that good a journalist (laughs) if I haven't got Uh, one yet. But yes. I think Uh,
1: they were just saving that for like a really special Yeah,
0: yeah. August Um, uh, cover story.
1: (laughs) um, Yeah, so if anybody wants to read um, Tom's first ever top of the email weekly cover story, you can find it on our website under the title of US CLO equity specialists spy opportunity as captive funds lose shine. And of course, we'll also link it in the description of this podcast on our website.
0: Yes, exactly. Well, thank you for for giving me the time to uh, not so humbly brag about my <laughs> weekly achievement. Um, you're talking about sleep in your CLO piece this week, um, a snooze drag, a uh, drag. drag. Uh, what what the hell is that? (laughs) Uh, An awesome name. That's what it is. Um, Is it just another, is it another one of these marketing ploys?
1: Exactly, Um, exactly. People are just advertising (laughs) with that all over. Um, no, it's, um, it's, it's sort of describes this, there's this weird little interaction, um, between CLO documentation and loan terms um, that kind of coasted along unnoticed for years um, and now it's causing causing some problems in the market so I'll try to keep this short read the article for like a full explanation of this um, but basically if a borrower wants to extend the maturity of a loan they need approval from lenders to do an a and deal like amended extent um, and a lot of loan investors are CLOs um, so A CLO manager who's outside of their reinvestment period should focus on paying back debt holders and not really get loans with longer lives into the portfolio. So most of CLO documentation says they can't vote yes on those A&E deals, but it doesn't force them to vote no. um, So they can basically just snooze it um, and abstain. The thing is, though, um, in many A&E deals, abstaining is counted as consent. Um, So like silently saying yes, so in that case, the CLO manager just gets dragged along and gets the amended loan with a longer maturity into their portfolio anyway. And in the past, that didn't really cause issues because when the market was better, if the CLO manager didn't want to wind down a deal um, after the reinvestment period, they could just reset it and start over with the reinvestment period. Um, And the debt holders can just choose if they want to stay involved. etc. But right now, resetting isn't really attractive for the manager because spreads have um, gone up so much, exactly, the ARP, Um, but like we should like keep count how many times a week we write or say that the ARP isn't working. Um,
0: For how um, many years?
1: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Um, Get
0: that woman, you see that that gif of that old woman, it's like, it's been
1: 85 (laughs) years. (laughs) That's Titanic, isn't it? Yeah. So so please, please don't let this market end like that movie. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, the ARP isn't working. So uh, there's there's not really resets and it's not really attractive for people to wind down their deals. Um, So right now there's a lot more CLOs that are just coming to the end of their reinvestment period. um, And at the same time, there's almost no loan supply um, like in the primary loan market. So the only activity that we're seeing really is coming from A&E deals right now. Um, so kind of both of those things together mean that CLO managers are really tempted to use their flexibility in those A&E deals to get dragged along, even if they aren't supposed to. Um, and yeah, now that's really, really exciting because of some AAA investors who just want their money back um, from those old deals and just invest in those new deals where they can get 180 basis points. Um.
0: <laughs> yes, and so, I, I guess this 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 isn't in and of itself it's not a particularly new phenomenon there's you know any yeah. um, poor loan supply it's been going on a while but but your piece really looks forward and it's saying well what what could change
1: yeah exactly so um especially some lawyers say they've been sort of discussing this since the beginning of the year but it's only in sort of recent weeks really come up to like investor attention that this is going on. Um, and right now, AAA investors hold a lot of power, right? Um, because, like, it's, it's a buyer's market, um, and they're the biggest buyers of debt. Um, and I don't care about the equity, exactly, because there's also like, yeah, for equity investors, it's actually good to agree to those A&E deals. But Right now, um, there's not really third-party equity in deals, um, so a CLO manager doesn't really have to weigh and balance those influence like those two. He's not sitting between those two chairs, um, so that gives AAA investors even more power. Um, is what some people say. Um, yeah, so I've spoken to you, some of them um, CLO managers and AAA investors, and they're like they say that they kind of want to push for in new in new CLOs that get launched. Um, they are going to look at the docs and try to make sure that if you're outside of your reinvestment period, you, you have to say no to an amended extend extent deal. Um, so they're taking quite a tough stance there. Um, I'm wondering if that's just because that's what their start on in the negotiations um, and then they're going to soften it a little bit. Because when I talk to like lawyers and rating agency guys, they tend to be a bit more nuanced in their <laughs> expectations. Um, so they sort of expect that it's going to come out with more transparency. Um, so CLO managers have to lay out the exact criteria when they would snooze something and allow it to be dragged along um, or they might, yeah, um, or they might sort of talk to their note holders a little more beforehand. Um, so, yeah, to, to be fair, we haven't seen, like, even though there is a bit of um, noise about this um, from people I've spoken to, we haven't really seen any changes to documentations of fields that are in the market right now or have recently been priced, so, like, OnX um, and Bridgepoint and so on. Um, but they do they do expect that to happen going forward
0: yeah I mean it's it's also not like you know okay like you say AAA investors might feel quite powerful right now that they they (laughs) hold all the cards but it you know As everything in life I suppose it 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 ebbs and flows and so just because you're holding those cards at the moment doesn't mean you're going to be holding them in six months 12 months exactly and
1: And also the fact that this is a problem right now doesn't mean it's gonna be a problem forever because it's sort of an issue because of the very specific market circumstances we're in right now
0: but could be Um, good to just shore up a few make hay while the sun shines <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> and, but, so you're saying there'll be documentation change is it possible that there'd be regulatory change as well
1: i'd say that's unlikely um because right now sort of it looks to me like a problem that can be solved by everybody sort of being an adult and negotiating and talking about this and sorting it out um there's not much data right now that really proves that AAA's are being screwed over in a sort of meaningful way and of course, there's also the argument CLO managers have that flexibility for a reason, um, like they they need even outside their reinvestment period, they're sometimes allowed to trade a little bit if it's for means of risk management um, and so on, rather than maximizing profits. And um, then there are some minor concerns like what happens if like the entire CLO manager, like it's August, the entire CLO managers team is on holidays. There's an A&E deal and they're just not there to um, to to say no. So then they just get dragged along and then if they come back and suddenly they have to sell those loans, they are forced seller. And that's like not really great um, either for anybody. Um, but yeah. And then there's also um, the point why I think it won't be a regulatory issue is that CLO managers are like that's important for the loan market. Um, because now we have like 30% of CLO managers are out of their reinvestment period in Europe. So if they all can't participate in A&E deals, um, that will it will get a lot more difficult for borrowers to extend the maturities and um, one loan banker said that like then they might just turn away from the loan market Um, just like do a proper refinancing through a bond or private credit or so Um, so yeah I think it's it's more gonna come down to investors and managers talking to each other and finding a solution for this um, where sort of everybody's interests are a bit more balanced than regulation
0: yeah yeah that sounds like all the alternatives are a little bit too complicated, um, but thank you. Uh, your piece, Victoria's piece, can be read on Global Capital. Uh, it's called "European CLO Managers Must Accept Stricter Docs or Pay Up." Say debt buyers. Um, well, we did say George is not here, but but I'm gonna like be George.
1: Honorary George story. <laughs> yeah. Um, George Tom, um, so, so George.
0: <laughs> well, so you wrote a piece. This of you. is a fascinating story, Victoria. <laughs> um, even though you cannot hear it in my voice, um, and I will move my mouth away from the microphone <laughs> to make it harder for Tom to edit <sighs> in the piece.
1: I can hardly tell the difference. <laughs> we we had permission to do this from George. No. It's authorised.
0: <laughs> um, no, yes. Yeah, so George George has been writing about my. I mean, I must say, when when I was full time covering European securitisation, regulation was the thing I loved to write about the most. And Don't I think all. even uh, the lawyers and the the. The nerdiest of the nerdiest in securitization <laughs> think that there's somewhat there's something wrong with me for saying that um and and I suppose you you we there's evidence of it here so um we you know this week George's been getting some updates from lawyers. Um, coming through as they slaved away reading the FCA's 707-page document on... Um, it's
1: like halfway
0: through Anna Karenin, I, I Only halfway? No, Anna Karenin's not that bad. <laughs> War and Peace, yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, that was the long yes, one.
0: Yes, yeah. But but yes, on, on post-Brexit securitisation regulation in the UK. Um, yeah, and and there's there's been... <laughs> you know, it's, it's so,
1: what the latest,
0: well, there, yeah, <laughs> I mean, there's seven seven pages to go through and, and it's George, George was saying in his, in his piece that, you know, that they're not really making a big divergence, um, and, and that they really should be, be doing that, um, because you know one of the criticisms with the EU's regulation up until now, which obviously now the UK government doesn't or the UK regulators don't have to abide by, is that it's just really, really overbearing. I, I suppose right. is is the word, um, and and it's really hard, and then and and it's really hard to like have sort of conversations with the regulator about whether this fits here or there. And it just goes to the nth degree, and it ends up being expensive and costly, and it kills the market. And you know, for companies or trade associations, shall we say, like Afme, have been, I can, you know, they've been saying for a long time. Look at the size of the U.S. market where all the trouble was in 2008. Um, They've just Mm. sort of dusted themselves off, made a few tweaks, and off they go again. and, and so I can remember someone saying to me a few months ago it's as though you know the regulations are almost designed so that no one can ever lose any money and that's not yeah. really um, yeah it's not really the point of finance and markets um, but you know for the FCA they can't diverge too much from the EU's rules because if they do that that could hamper the market in its own way and 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 limit it to only domestic buyers of UK securitization products um but although uh, you know you must say that most of it is relatively domestic in the UK um so so that so it won't be a big divergence and there's you know little things coming up here and there And then, and then
1: that kind of sounds a bit underwhelming. Like, given that the whole Brexit idea was to do, like, to sort of be rid of the chains of EU regulation and sort of be a lot more efficient and everything.
0: Well, yes, exactly. And and uh, uh, to some degree, you know, the FCA are in a bit of a rock and a hard place because do too much and you ruin it; you kill the market in in another way. As I said, do too little and everyone gets on your back. but but George is saying well the problem is it's how prescriptive it is so yeah he compared it to the geocentrists who, who you know who who used to think that the the world was the center of the universe and every time more evidence came uh into their remit that was sort of against that they would just tweak it and tweak it and tweak it and tweak it and, tweak it and just turn and turn and turn um in infinity uh, until they sort of eventually, but and and you know, George is saying, well, the problem is that maybe if you're tweaking it so much, the reg it's not quite right. The regulations as a whole, and you should start afresh. And I think, in uh, uh, privately to me, he said, what what the market really needs is a is a Copernicus like figure, who uh-huh. who blows it all up and starts afresh, and says, right, this is how it's gonna work. Um, unfortunately, though it doesn't seem like we're um <laughs> we're going to go down that route but it's interesting nonetheless and it, it will be interesting to see as it as it develops um, how how the rest of the market engages with it and how they feel about it um it's it's ongoing obviously nothing set in stone but um but it will be very interesting to see and compare the two regimes UK and Europe as the years yeah. go by as well
1: yeah, definitely, and we'll keep an eye on it for everybody. I also think people just got the director's cut of the story, didn't they, because that metaphor didn't actually make it into the final piece. Um.
0: Yes, yes, well, he sort of, <laughs> we were sort of working out how to do it and ended up not being there, but um, he does yeah. mention the geocentrist, and he does ma- mention uh, a metaphor with uh, going to the shops, and there's some chlorine, oh. chlorine-washed chlorine chicken in there for you uh, to, to have a nibble <laughs> on. Um, right so everybody should
1: absolutely go over now and read the story
0: <laughs> and <laughs> it's, yes it's gist of this. that that is actually free to read this this piece or it, at least it should be um it's called the fca securitization consultation reveals flawed strategy um that was by george in for our weekly comment uh newsletter um have we have we got anything else before we go Have you got any plans um
1: yeah, I have actually one one small point um, that I heard from talking to somebody um, about actually, again, George's story from, from last week. It's nice how he like stays with us in spirit. Um, <laughs> he wrote about this brain drain um, in securitization where um, sort of people who have seen the big 2008 crisis and some tougher times are retiring, leaving. Um, and now what's left is some, some juniors who... Who sort of yeah who n- have never been through those times who've sort of grown up professionally in a zero interest um, era where money was just free and people are worried that um, yeah we're unprepared for the next sort of big crash. Um, but I was talking to somebody this week who said that he actually felt like um, people he's worked with sometimes the more junior ones are actually more risk averse and more careful. Whereas the old dinosaurs are like, we've seen much worse in 2008, and this <laughs> um, is not going to be anywhere near as bad. We're fine, um, and that way they actually tend to uh, have more reckless behaviour. So I thought that was just a really interesting um, little little counterpoint um, to what some other people were worried about.
0: Yeah, it would be interesting to see how that develops and how how the how the the knowledge gap, if there is one, changes, and how behaviour changes. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, and yeah, I think that was it in terms of my own place uh, plans for next week. I think I'm gonna like look into a little bit more detailed CLO documentation. Um, just talking talking to, to that would be a fun read.
0: <laughs> it's, uh, it's
1: thrilling! It's thrilling. Take it on the beach, even if you're on holiday. Just pull up your phone, and we're gonna be right there. Um, one yeah. of our yeah. colleagues suggested.
0: Some, <laughs> I think in Covered Bonds or maybe in the fig world that reading uh, documentation was, was, was better than uh, reading a, a, a beach book.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, I think what like, counted as like it, is there a mental illness
0: that is yes. <laughs>
1: exclusive to financial journalists?
0: <laughs> right, I'm afraid that's it for this week. Um, hopefully in the next episode we will have a real battle on to be the number one another fine MES fan um, with securitisationer to tell you about. Um, if you want to get in touch about the podcast or anything to do with something interesting in, in the world of securitisation and CLOs that you're, you're working on, um, please email tom.lemon at globalcapital.com. But until then, see you next week. Thank you. Goodbye.